Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Yo. What's happening, Derek? <laughs> Not much, Ben. I have, just as I just said, did say to you, is um, normally I, I haven't been to your place or to Ajax this, you know, more than early on when we recorded once every couple of months, we'd have trouble getting a topic and I'd be here three nights in the week. Well, this week is the first time in years where I had to be in Ajax more than once a week. So I have, I have training for work and we're at the Ajax Convention Center. So I'm driving to Ajax one time for recording and three times for this course. So I've <laughs> I used to you drive to so buy much. a house here. <laughs> I drive to Ajax every single day. Yeah. <laughs> I leave it, then I come back. Yeah, yeah. Twice a day, I drive to Ajax. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. It's so, yeah. a wonderful place to be. Yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm very close to where you are. Like it's at Salem. Yeah, you're only what, mm-hmm. ten minutes from my house. Yeah. So, oh, yay. sucks to be you. The traffic sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You got to do rush hour traffic, yep. don't you? Rush hour there back. Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Nothing new happening. I did go camping on the weekend. Yeah. We did a one-nighter up at Valens Lake, and uh, so that was nice. We got to have a nice campfire. and That's and the best. Did a long, real, I, <laughs> Stella loves hiking. Me and her are usually leading the pack, and we're just marching along. Then we have to stop because Beckett is, and we, we said one time to him, it's like, sorry, buddy, your legs are short. And so every time we have to wait for him now, he says, but my legs are short. It's like, oh, I wish we had never said that to him. <laughs> like he, twice during this hike, it was, we, uh, Siobhan does it on Strava or something. Anyway, so the hike was only 5.8 kilometers. He laid down twice. Laid down? <laughs> laid down. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Go on without me. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. Go on. And, <laughs> Tell and my so, mom I loved her. He did not want to be there. He does not want to be a part of an outdoors hike. Does not want to be there. And uh, and as soon as we get back, he wanted to go off and, and do something and ran up the road. Full speed. It's like, where was that energy like 10 minutes ago? He was saving it up while laying down in the middle of the trail. <laughs> Little bugger. Hoping somebody would pick him up and haul him. Yeah. It's like, you picked him up and hauled him, didn't you? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Hey, every time um, I get lectured, every time I said, Beckett, should we bring a stroller for you? Don't say that to him. <laughs> it's like, what? So bring a rope. <laughs> and drag him. <laughs> Tie it around his leg. And just drag him. <laughs> 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 Well, this is what happens. <laughs> he just doesn't find it fun is what it is. Stella loves it. Yeah. She just marches along. She's enjoying it. We, we, me and her are chattering along as we walk down the path and whatever. And, and Siobhan has to hold his hand so that he doesn't far, fall too far behind. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> well, hopefully he, he uh, gets over it. And well, I assume. Like, well, let's see. Give uh, a couple years. His legs should be longer. He's going to hit his growth spurt maybe maybe then. But really, it's it's all, I think right now, what it is is mental. Because he he does have the energy when he's interested. Mm-hmm. But he does not want to hike. He doesn't like hiking. See, and Mackenzie, he was like always full energy. He was running. He was jumping on things. Yeah. And, you know, hop from rock yeah. to rock to oh, rock. Beck, and, it's the same way. Except for hikes. Oh, no, this was hikes and everything. It's like, all right, like, yeah. So we have to make sure we build in some sort of 
something like we stopped at uh, at an area where the there was a frozen uh, creek or whatever, a frozen lake and so he played on the ice had lots of fun throwing rocks across the ice and running around and sliding and and he had a, he had a blast and then as soon as we had to start walking in suddenly 99% of his energy disappeared well, that's when you tell him hey we do this hike fast enough there's cake <laughs> afterwards he knows there's not cake though bring a cake we then <laughs> There were cookies. Fool. I did bring cookies. <laughs> See, there's not can you you can have more than one. You can have two cookies yeah. if we keep going quickly. So it's one of those things that it makes us realize that if we do backcountry camping where we have to snowshoe into the backcountry, can't be a long trip because it's be more painful for us. Yeah. We'd end up having to strap them down to the sled. <laughs> Time in. Well, boy, it's been nice knowing you. Tell the wolves we say hello. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's better you than me, buddy. Better you than me. <laughs> anyway, I went to the Leash Free. Oh, yes. I took Athena up to the Leash Free area. Now, our Leash Free area has a big spot they call the bowl. Yep. Um, because basically it's a massive area that looks like a bowl and the dogs can run. Well, we met up with a couple other dogs and uh, like they ran for an hour and a half. Like, I was ready to lay down and have a nap, mm-hmm. just watching them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we like I say, we, we want to make sure she socialized with people, want to make sure she socialized with other dogs, and, like, perfect spot to go. And then went up through some of the hiking trails through the woods and, you know, making sure she stays close and doing the recall thing and training her so when we're on portage, stuff like that, or in the back country. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get that How does that she recall. respond? Is she doing good? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There was only one time because there was a she couple. She knows her name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she knows when I swear at her, like, get your butt back here. <laughs> no, no. You know what? Her recall she's still is, pretty young, right? So I'm she's just. She's only five months old. Mm-hmm. So the recall, we only had one issue with her um, where I call, because the other dogs that she's really enjoying running with were leaving. So she wanted to go. Oh yeah. So there was a little bit of of a took a little bit of time to get her back, but uh, between calling her name and a whistle, we mm-hmm. have a whistle. Um, be- between that, she eventually turned around and came back, and mm-hmm. uh, going down the, the 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 trails, you know, saying close, close, and then she's getting too far away, so then she'll stop and wait. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, she's not boogieing off into the woods mm-hmm. or anything That's like good. that. But the nose is constantly going, of yeah. course, because there's so many smells. Yeah, but you want to trust her if you take her ca- camping, right? Yeah. You want to trust that she's not going to disappear in the woods and get lost. And yeah. Then you're looking, you're, you're, you extended your camping stay by a week because you're still trying to find your That's dog. when she'll be out in the woods with Beckett. <laughs> hunting the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> you live with the wolves yeah. now. Yeah, you two live with the wolves now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, you know what? You got to train it. Um, get to get that that uh, recall in yep. there so that you know she knows when they call or they whistle, mm-hmm. get your butt back, yeah. right? So, and it's a safety thing. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? And you just hope that if if you're out there and you know around camp, and then we've had a, a moose come right through your camp. Oh yeah. yeah. You know you want to make sure that she's going to go. Okay, yeah, Dad's calling off. Yeah, yeah. I'll just go hang yeah. out with him. Yeah, they want to rile up a wild animal because yeah. then the wild animal wants to come and stomp things. So I've heard <laughs> stomp or they, or they get bitey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bears they they tend to get bitey. Bitey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just not fun for anybody. <laughs> so you know that's what I did that on. Uh, I guess it was Sunday. I did that. 
And then she had problems keeping her eyes open afterwards. Oh, exhausted. Oh, just absolutely exhausted. <laughs> yeah, just got in the back of the truck, yep. just zonked right out. That's good. All got home, uh, texted my daughter to make sure there's, you know, water in her bowl and that. And so she walked in right past the bowl up onto the couch and zonk right out. <laughs> right curled up in a little ball. ball and yeah. So, yeah, she got she got some good exercise there. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how well her... Her recall is mm-hmm. is coming. Cool. So. Right on. Yeah, and the fact that she loves being out there—that's yeah. that's always a bonus. Oh yeah. Let's get a canoe dog that hates the canoe. <laughs> Doesn't like nature. Yeah. Water. I'm scared of water. <laughs> I want to sit in the house and watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't go near the lake, uh, the river, because there's rivers that go through. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where? Yeah, this time of year we're not. Um, I'm going to save that for another day, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially with ice and yeah, and all that stuff. And a first yeah. first time in a river, <clears throat> yeah, I'd rather do that in the summer where I can jump in after her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you don't want to rescue your dog in, in yeah. sub zero. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, <laughs> just not my. Well, I guess you're living with the wolves now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the river otters. You know, other than that, yeah, it's been a pretty busy busy week. Uh, what do we got here this week? Oh, oh, I saw this thing. Yeah. One of these things that, not, not paddle related at all. Yeah. We come across these things once in a while that kind of makes me think, what are you thinking? (laughs) Thawing permafrost is releasing organic matter that has been frozen for thousands of years. There's viruses that are in these, this permafrost that can still reproduce after thousands of years. Active, viable virus. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Scientists have revived several viruses that have been in the permafrost in Siberia. The youngest was 27,000 years old. Huh. The oldest, the Pandora virus. Hmm, good name. 48,500 years wow. old. My question... Yeah. Do these scientists not watch horror and sci-fi movies? Because this is how it starts. I know. Like, there's... Honestly, there's so many movies, but also there's... Like, you you would think that they would treat these things with utmost care. Because, you, like, it's not... We're not talking... Like, you know, there could be some strong bacteria out there. There's always new bacteria. There's millions of different kinds of bacteria. But, what? We're in the middle of a pandemic here. Mm-hmm. Or in the tail end of it, we hope. We're hoping. How many zombie movies are out there? <laughs> What's my daughter upstairs watching right now? The Last oh, of Us or something? The Last of Us, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is based on a fungus thingy <laughs> taking over. Like They're so, giving them names like Pandora virus and the Pac-Man virus. Like, wow. you're not making these cutesy, fruitsy things here. It makes you wonder what their goal is. Like, I can, obviously, you can see... An interest by military microbiologists who may be looking for a new weapon of war. Mm-hmm. But why would a civilian idiot do, do they want to get their name in lights and saying, "Hey, hey I caused the end of uh, mankind"? I, I mean, they so far the virus they found they say are unlikely to affect humans. But that's unlikely. What's that? You know what? Like. 70% sun still means 30% rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, chance yeah, yeah. of rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
unlikely that it'll hurt you. Huh. I don't know this. But I'm thinking that they're maybe finding these viruses so that before or in case, because it's all melting. Mm-hmm. So they're coming, you know, they're coming up. And if it does turn into something, they're just that much farther ahead. Yeah. That's what I'm assuming. I don't know. I would hope that's what they're doing just to be proactive. But also I think where you get, I think when, when you get scientists who, you know, that uh, almost like they're on the spectrum type thing. And it's like, so they're, they're super geniuses, but they, they don't really think about humanity as a whole. They may be super smart and they're like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory or something. And they mm-hmm. just, they're thinking of the science. They're, they're thinking Not of thinking this. Of the ramifications there. Exactly. They're saying, I wonder if I can do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, <laughs> somebody needs to sit them down and say, wait a second. Can we slap these people? I know, right? So an area of concern, apparently, is that thawing permafrost could release the bodies of long-dead people that died of infectious diseases. Can I read that sign? An area Concern is that thawing permafrost could release the bodies of long-dead people that, that died, died of, of infectious, infectious diseases. diseases, which is why I'm saying maybe they're hoping to find... The viruses beforehand that they can develop, yeah, uh, you know, like because some think sort of, of where people think of the Spanish flu at the at the turn of the century. So, nineteen eighteen, the original Spanish flu virus, which has mutated so many times, and it happened during a time of war when a lot of the people were in the Alps and and so on, and and died on glaciers. And if their bodies get released, here comes the original Spanish flu virus. Mm-hmm. The original, the one that was deadly, the one that killed 50 million people worldwide. Hey, let's see if we can make this viable again. Why? So I want better buy these scientists a TV so they can watch The Walking Dead. <laughs> and, and maybe something or, or the thing in. or the thaw or there, there's so many there's so many viral movies out there and it's like <laughs> apparently they're they're so into their science they don't watch movies and TV apparently or there's such deviance that uh, right maybe they they want to bring something around I don't know but <clears> hmm <throat> anyway I just <laughs> came across that and I thought what the hell's wrong with these people. Buy my TV. <laughs> I'm going to set up a GoFundMe. <laughs> GoFundMe. We're shipping, we're shipping a bunch of TVs yeah. to, to scientists in Siberia. Yeah. It just, uh, it just baffles me that, like, there's so many things that, that we play around with that it's like, well, that that's not something we should be doing as humanity, being responsible for all of the rest of humanity. There's the word right there. Being responsible. Mm-hmm. Have you looked around? <laughs> Is this your first day on planet Earth, my friend? <laughs> Let me give you the tour. We are not responsible. <laughs> Let me give you the full yeah. tour. <laughs> no, no, don't unpack your bags. <laughs> Leave your UFO running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not making it to the moon before yeah. they're coming back for you, buddy. <laughs> anyway. Oy um, vey. Oy vey, huh? So, canoe and kayak sales. And I'm not talking for sale. Not I'm S-A-L-E-S? Not a for sale. A it is a... Wind sale. Wind sale. Yeah. And when you brought this up, 
like I thought to myself, and w- actually, one of the first time I saw one of these ones that are on what you have here, mm-hmm. when we went shopping for your canoe, I don't know if we went shopping for it or picked it up. I think we went sh- we went shopping for it. Yep. And then you went back to pick it up yep. by yourself. Yeah. So that's when I first saw one of those round flop open kayak canoe sails. Yeah, the round ones. Yeah, I've wanted one since, ever since. They're not as expensive as they used to be. No, they've come pick down. them up for like 50 bucks, 55 bucks. They, they're on. becoming more common. Yeah. Yeah, the round ones. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked about it because, I mean, back in the day, we just latch a couple sails together. Or if you knew it was going to be windy, we would keep one of our tent flies out. And the person in the, yeah. in the front would just hold the tent fly. A couple fly paddles and, and some lines. and Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, we would just hold Wrapped lines up and, and go to town. Right? Yeah. And then they started selling sails, and now you just look like a goober if you're hooking up a, <laughs> a tarp. <laughs> Give me that blue tarp over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about that because, you know, you're, we've been a couple times now where the wind's just howling and we, mm-hmm. you're fighting it. and You're like, oh, this would be great if we could get some speed going through these just to – because you, you don't want to be slower than the waves coming behind you, right? Yeah. You cause some so wallowing a, and rolling. Yeah. yeah, so if you can get a bit more speed, you're mm-hmm. cutting across the top some sort of deal, Skipping so. across the tops of waves. Skip it across. <laughs> there you go, Dick. Skip it across. <laughs> uh, advantages of having a sail. Speed. Utilize the power of the wind. Mm-hmm. Covering distances faster so that, you know, your five-hour day covers more than 10 kilometers sort of thing. Yeah. Might get 11. Well, you're open for a tailwind, of course. Of course. Covering greater distance without getting tired. Mm-hmm. So you're not sitting there paddle, 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 paddle. Headwinds suck. Yes. Yeah. Playtime. It is fun. If you're at camp and the winds are up and you're mm-hmm. not doing anything. Let's go run up and down the lake. Let's go zip around yeah. the lake. You're going to get wet and whatever. Mm-hmm. If you flip, whatever, all your gear is stuck at camp. Yeah. You're just going to have some fun. Could be ideal for trolling while fishing, <laughs> depending on your yeah. sail and how much wind. Yeah. If it's enough to get you, like I, I believe in the the poor man, lazy man fishing way, where I'll go yeah. to the end of the lake, and then I'll drop my line, and then the canoe just drifts all the way down the lake. Oh yeah, right. Effortless, and I, and effortless. I just effortless. sit back, yeah. relax, and let the wind do the work. Disadvantages. Overall stability of your boat, especially in strong winds. If attached to your kayak, it may affect your ability to roll. Well, I guess if it's up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of them you can bring down. You can fold. There's some of the, the like the ones, uh, the L-shaped ones and that V-shaped ones. They just collapse and strap to the top of your kayak. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't actually have to tuck them away or anything like that. So yeah, they could affect you while you're trying to roll and stuff like that. Overall stability of your boat, I guess if it's too high, the wind's too high and stuff, it's going to cause issues, it right? Could, yeah, it depends on how the wind's hitting you and so on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, uh, and it, you, it's, you have a bit harder time predicting how you're going to hit a wave. If the wind's high, then there's going to be waves. If the, the sail you're using is pushing you faster or slower or whatever, depending on how things are going, you could wallow a bit more. So it, you got to be prepared for it, yeah. right? Prepared yeah. to drop the sail. Uh, there are three types of sails we talk about here. There's a circle shape, which is the one 
I'm, if I'm getting one, I think that's the one I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. They're, right? They look really simple to use. And they have a window in them so you can see through them. Yeah, it's just a giant yeah. circle of material. It looks like a bowl. Yeah. You can't see through yeah. one of those big blue tarps. No. <laughs> well, depends how. <laughs> Where'd that island come from? <laughs> <laughs> There's the V-shaped one. It looks like a V with fabric stretched between. Oh, I've between, seen those, yes. Right? Yeah. Two, two mm-hmm. arms go up into yeah. the sky and then one mm-hmm. piece of fabric between the two of them. And then your letter L-shaped what your typical, you know, you see on sailboats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which you can get them for with the boom and the mast and, yep. and everything. So, so there were four of them that they were talking about here that seemed to be uh, ones they think would be good for in 2023. Yeah. Um, the round ones you can get anywhere from like 50 bucks to 150 bucks. Um, and considering, you know, I, I, I'm not seeing much difference between any of them. I'm just going to go spend like 60 bucks on a round one sort of deal and call it a day. You know, I spend a lot of money, try it out and say, no, not for me. Not for me. Yeah. The L-shaped ones, however, you're spending 150 bucks for the sale. But the sale doesn't work if you don't have the mast and the boom oh. and the rigging. And so for $700, you can get the full on <laughs> kit. So you're kind of, yeah. So I'm looking for a little bit of a wind boost, not a, a new way to do trips. Yeah, I'm not selling to, I'm not sailing to Cuba. Yeah, yeah. Or anything like that, right? Yeah. So uh, there's the Wind Paddle Scout sale. It's circular shaped, clear center so you can see where you're going, 42 inches deployed, 15 inch folded, uh, 9.62 square feet, and it's only 12 ounces. Oh, that's not too bad. So it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty light, right? Designed for use in winds between 4 and 18 knots. Aimed at beginners. Can be controlled with one steering Ooh, line. that's good. Yeah. Mounts directly to the bow of your vessel. Has mounting clips that can attach to bungee handles, D-rings, lots of other points on your boat. Can be deployed quickly and folded up when not in use. See, I mean, that's what that you want, right? simple and easy. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, it's almost like just throwing a parachute yeah. in the air. Not complicated. Except the bottom of the part of the parachute is... Attached to your boat. <laughs> yes. Right? Easy yeah. peasy. And the person in the bow, they get to see out the window. Yes. So you don't run into an island. Or a bird. Bird strike. <laughs> your face. <laughs> uh, there's the Harmony Upwind Kayak and Canoe Sail. Now, this is one of the L-shaped ones. 12-foot length. It's 6.67 feet at the boom. 40 square feet, and it's 22 pounds. That, That's, I am not portaging that, baby. I don't know. Is, is, did they say that? Ideal for larger boats. Huh. Telesco- uh, telescoping mast means it can be folded down for easy storage. Kit comes with outriggers, which can be used for extra stability. So, like, if you got a 17-footer... If you cross a lot of large lakes often, that would be yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If you're if you if you're always know you're going to be on bigger yeah. lakes, that's right up your alley. Mm-hmm. If you're going back fifteen lakes, not up your alley. <laughs> now you've lost this on like yeah. portage number seven. <laughs> <laughs> this, You'll pick it up on the way you, back. You might you, this might be a good cottage sale or something like that, or yeah. or if you do on the coast, routinely cross Lake Winnipeg or or something, right? Then mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to Jamaica for the weekend. Okay, hop in the canoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're on our way. Advanced Elements Rapid Up Sale. 
circle shape. They say it's circle shape, but it's more of a um, oval. It's like a football shaped, right? Yeah. Circle shape, length 36 inches, width 59. It's two pounds. Two pounds. That's... Hmm. Circle shape with V-shape elements. Uh, picture uh, a one-dimensional football. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's it's oval shaped like an eyeball, oh, okay, like yeah, an eyeball. Yeah, yeah, but the eye, the corners of the eye, fold back around towards you. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, good for use on narrow kayak decks. Clear window in the center, two smaller windows on each side. Not intended for upwind uses. I've been noticing there's a lot of these sales. You're not meant for tacking. No. No, it's all well, you downwind. Really need, you really need a keel because you're just going to slip sideways in a canoe, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a keelless canoe, then it, it really is. You're, somebody's going to have to work very hard in the stern to, to be doing a lot of ruddering. Yeah. And you're just going to slip sideways on, yeah. across the water. Yeah. A lot of these are just for tailwinds. Yeah. Uh, deployed quickly with the use of a spring frame. Uh, now, f- Falcon Sails. I think it's Falcon. This is their kind because that's what they, they, they showed me there when I was at Canoe Copia a couple of years back. Uh, they had one of these ones and it just springs straight up sort of okay, thing, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Good for beginning kayak sailors. Sail folds down flat can be stored on your deck. Hmm. Um, yeah, so so these are, these are really easy peasy ones. Yeah. Wind Paddle 47 inch adventure sail. Uh, this is just like the first one we were talking about, but it's, so it's 47 oh, inches. Oh, it's much larger. Yeah. 16 inches folded, 12 square feet, 16 ounces. That's not he- that heavy. Why did no. you wait? Wait, 16 ounces. Isn't that a pound? Uh, is it 18, 16 ounces in a pound? 18 ounces in is a it? pound? Is I don't know. Like that? Yeah. Anyway, just under a pound. Mm-hmm. Designed for larger canoes and kayaks, 14 to 18 feet, wind speeds of 5 to 30 knots. Window in the center for visibility can be used by beginners and more experienced paddlers, but geared more towards the experienced sea kayakers. So, I don't know. I think I'd get the the forty seven inch that I could go between my my canoe and my kayak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these round ones seem like they're simple to use, right? Yeah. And. Like, w- well, didn't John use those on the Yukon? No, I have, to, the Yukon I'd have to confirm I'm sure back with him. But that. he said he brought them, but he didn't get to use them much. I thought he used them on um, Lake Lake Labarge. Lake Labarge, yeah. And they were going so fast, he he was getting scared. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's what huh. he had said. That he's hmm. he's God, that was so long ago. Now, do you know next month is seven years for doing this? I know, right? So we've got a lot to remember do now. Do I have a retirement fund? Is there? Did, what, what? Yeah, all these empties what I've been <laughs> saving for seven years. I have bags of empty beer I cans have for bags you. Of empties. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take them up. <laughs> yeah, we got a truck, dump truck full of full of empties. All right, that's sixty-two dollars <laughs> minus hundred and eighty dollars for storage fees <laughs> plus the dump truck rental yeah yeah you owe me money uh i think yeah i'm thinking i'm just gonna go out and get uh one of the uh, round ones so uh, two things first thing is uh i know that uh, so on the first leg in on our wabakimi trip for burt reynolds moral river run so we there was a section of lakes 
and we spent a good oh there's many hours where we had it was a very very strong tailwind we were moving Mm-hmm. Like we were moving, like in between paddle strokes, I would bring my return stroke. I'd flatten my paddle into the wind to help, and I could feel the wind pushing the paddle ahead, right? So I was using the wind to my advantage, and we were paddling, and the wind was blowing. I wasn't paddling hard, and we were just moving. I, th- I w- but the I, trick is to make sure you're moving faster than the waves, right? We were pretty much at the waves, like mm-hmm. we were tracking with the wave. Yeah, because much. yeah, if you're not fast as. Mm-hmm. Then they're hitting you from behind, and there's a chance of, you know. And you get a shimmy and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it's, I can't imagine, it like, would have been great if we had those sails with us on that trip. That right? tailwind we had was amazing. I've never had such a strong tailwind before. You like would have made it to those, those cabins, like, the, like, so much faster. I know, right? Right? <laughs> you could have spent two days yeah. there. Oh, so, and I also did look up, uh, so it is, so this wind paddle 47 at 16 ounces, so... I thought it was a pound. So 16 ounces is one pound. Is it? I thought so, 18 was. No, it's 16 ounces. So they say that their sale is 16 ounces. I guess it sounds better than saying it's a it's pound. It's a pound? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so it's like, wait a sec. <laughs> is 16 ounces the same as 16 shots? <laughs> so is there an ounce in a there's, shot? There's, there's, there's a, there's the weight, not mass. It's a, you know, there's the weight function of ounces, and then and the volume, the volume of ounces. Not the same. No, Damn no, it. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I just get sixteen shot classes. That's how much it weighs. Sixteen ounces uh, of what though? Uh, you know what? I, I, I would like. I think I'm going to get one and then go down to Lake Ontario and stuff and give it a whirl. Yeah. Um, go up Duffins Creek because you get the waves going up Duffins Creek, the mm-hmm. wind going up Duffins yeah. Creek, right yeah. Funnels push up. right up upstream, and then yeah, push right up and then take it down and just ride the the current yeah. back. <laughs> Man, talk about a lazy. We're getting old and lazy. If we had uh, so what was it two three years ago when we were supposed to go. Uh, Oh, shoot. We're supposed to go to uh, Moose New Moose Factory with the Burt Reynolds Memorial River Run. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the river off the top of my head. But we had the planned. Yes, yes. So uh, we had intended on, uh, it got canceled because of low water levels, and we didn't. We knew that we weren't going to go early on. But our plan was to uh, rig something up. We we're going to bring something as a sail because there's the first about third is a lot of white water. Mm-hmm. And then the other two thirds is a lot of just flat water river running, and and so a lot of people like you see read a lot of trip logs where people uh, rafted together and set up a sail and and sailed all the way to Moose Knee Moose Factory. Yeah, you don't need to though. It's not that bad. No, but it'd be There's fun. Enough, yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. It's the fun part of it. If you're ra- if you're racing for time, no, well, I just want to do it for fun. I've never I've never been in a canoe under sail. That's when you go. Well, when I get one, <laughs> you come on out. There we go. And then you can sit in the front. Yeah, let's do it. And we'll let all the big seagulls hit you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to look into look into the one of those and uh, get it in time for spring. Mm-hmm. Spring winds. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Oh, Woohoo! God, cold water. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll let you know how it goes. Um, we've, had, we've heard something like this before. So, dude, lying in his hospital bed with broken ribs, cracked vertebrae, collapsed lung after being run over by a boat while going out for a paddle. Hmm. Tim Gramer says he couldn't be any luckier. 
He's out with some friends in their ocean racing skis in uh, Christchurch's Littleton Harbor. Group had paddled into the wind before turning around heading towards their next marker when he heard the boat coming from behind. I looked around thought, oh, he's heading straight at me. So I tried to turn to get out of the way and I realized I'm not fast enough to get out of the way. Hmm. Uh, I was just sheer terror building up in my mind, the horrific thought that the bow of the boat coming over the top of me at full speed. Oh. And of course, after the hull comes the, the engine. Pro- the propellers, yep. The bow struck his back, pushing him under the water as it went over him. When he resurfaced, he saw his fiberglass ski split in two. First thing I did was, can I feel my legs? Is my spine severed? <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, have I got any major cuts from the propellers? It was just this big wash of relief, relief over me that I could still feel my legs. Called out to the boat, which had stopped about 20 meters away, and asked them to help me. Why you would have to ask? I know. why right? They should be, like, spinning around immediately. Yeah. Is that they didn't spin around thump. already. Yeah. yeah. What did we just hit? Uh, that's not a log. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to suffocate and die in the boat. I was trying to suck in air and was terrified. Eventually, they were able to get the boat ramp where the ambulance then took him to the Christchurch Hospital. He says he has a cut to his head, which required stitches, four broken ribs, a punctured and collapsed lung, several cracked vertebrae. Uh, Remained in a hospital and expects his recovery to take months. If I didn't have my life jacket on, the spinal damage would have been a lot worse. Uh, I couldn't be any luckier. It's like a death situation, isn't it? He's determined he will get back in the water as soon as he's allowed. So I did a bit more research to find out what the heck happened. Mm -hmm. What's whose fault, that sort of stuff. Everybody's pretty mum on this. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, police were called. There was an incident. No information whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So... I just did my own little bit of research, but I did it in my head. And my research, I have my conclusion is that he is completely wrong and couldn't be, be any luckier. If he was luckier, he wouldn't have gotten hit. Mm-hmm. So he's unlucky that he got hit, damaged, vertebrae damage. It's like, um, you're not lucky, you're unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> if you were lucky, you wouldn't have been out on the water. Day. <laughs> yes. So I've wow. seen. I've seen. Uh, I haven't seen from the perspective of a canoe or kayak, but I've seen the perspective of a small, uh, like a, like a twelve foot aluminum boat. People are fishing or whatever, and and you can see them look up. You see a speed boat coming along, the bow high in the air. Because usually they ride ride bow low. If if full tilt. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of ride the nose yeah. rides high in some of these bigger boats. And this boat came right over and just ran right over this fishing boat, and all three people jumped overboard. And it's like, it just makes you think. It's like, so why are why is that somebody riding a powerboat and not if you can't see what's in front of you, don't be going that fast in the harbor, right? Well, and that's the thing. This is the harbor, right? So either do some zigzagging or have a, a person on the bow to keep an eye forward. Mm-hmm. Like you should be responsible for what's in front of you. Yeah, like. <laughs> But I mean, we've heard of of boats and kayaks and that being hit before. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, I haven't seen any video. I said I was yeah. thinking that I saw the video of the fishing boat. Right. Mm-hmm. 
but like, it gets to the point where, like, even if we go down paddling in at Harbor Front, Toronto, mm-hmm. Toronto Harbor, yeah, like, there's a lot of boat traffic, but none of them are should be going full tilt, especially in the harbor. I think yeah. there's a speed limit inside the harbor. Anyways. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, like, all of a sudden somebody just guns it. Yeah. Do I do I need to be carrying a, a mast in my canoe that's exactly. twenty feet high? Do with I a need flag? a twenty foot flag like on a bicycle? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like wow. So I'm gonna keep my eyes out, see if I hear any more about that. What happens? It's crazy, eh? Hmm. Uh, going a little across the ocean here. Oh. oh. Dun 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 dun. Well, I guess north from them. Oh, you know uh, the Rock of Gibraltar. You know Gibraltar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, south end of Spain, just north of Africa. A man narrowly escaped being hit by a falling rock that snapped his paddle in two. Says he's feels like he won life's lottery. <laughs> he couldn't be any luckier. <laughs> uh, there's the Gorham Cave Complex it's on the east side of Gibraltar, and it's known for the discovery of Neanderthal remains. Charles Lopez was stand-up paddleboarding near Gorham Cave and says he heard a large booming sound and felt a shock wave run through his board. Next thing he knew, he was in the water along with two pieces of his board. Says it was only later when he looked back at the footage he had captured that he saw uh, what was close call it really was. A large rock had fallen from the cliff above and hit his board. There's pictures and stuff online, a little bit of video thing's massive the the rock the rock yeah comes straight down falls off the cliff comes straight down charles says the crew of a small boat helped him and the friend he was with back to shore adding that's why i never go out alone you never know what might happen oh i just saw the video right holy cow right (laughs) well that's not something easy every day like, and it always baffles me when people say, oh, I'm so lucky. It's like, no, if you're lucky, we would have totally missed you. That rock cut his paddleboard right in half. Right in half. That's insane. If he had been not even a second faster, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have drilled him right on the top of the ten, skull. If he was 10 seconds faster, we would have totally missed him. Yeah, would have been lucky. Now, did it fall or was it thrown? Ah. But that's cynical Derek. Cynical Derek should shut up and sit in the back seat. Google, does he got an ex-wife? Get <laughs> <laughs> his dog crap on his neighbor's lawn. <laughs> Government says the last assessment carried out in the Gorham's Cave area was in 2014 in relation to the UNESCO bid for World Heritage status. It said rockfall assessments are normally risk-based, and given that the area where the rockfall occurred sees very low traffic, then the risks are considered to be small. However, technical service department are currently assessing the cliffs directly above Little Genoa and continuously monitor the impact of rockfalls with a view of putting in place mitigation measures where necessary. Mm-hmm. So I got to think. If, but see, why would... If, if you got that cave there, it's got to be blocked off to people or something, right? It's a sea cave. They call it a sea cave, but it's not really a sea cave. It's, it's just an undercut. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you figure people are going to go on to check that out. 
Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but not now. No, now. <laughs> no, I'm wearing a big and, helmet, and, and I'm often like, it doesn't matter where you go. Like, oftentimes, it, where you're in a canyon somewhere, either Algonquin Park or off a rock face in Tomogamy or whatever, it's like you always think to yourself, "It's like, is anything going to fall off that cliff?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Barren Canyon. Mm. When you're at the top of Barren Canyon. Yeah. You can look over. There's a couple of spots where you can look over and you can see there's nobody down there. So you pick up a rock and you throw it, thinking it's going to land right in the water. Yeah. Not even close. <laughs> like, it's farther out than you think. Yeah. But if you could make it to the water and you didn't look. You could hit a paddler. I mean, that's what, 150 feet up? You could hit a, a duck or you could hit a loon. You a could fish? Hit... Yeah, I'd be more worried about ducks, loons, and people, but... Uh... Diamonds and people. <laughs> well, what? Well, you don't like fish? What's the problem? What's the problem? Against, what do you have against well, fish? The rock hits like is the fish swimming like within a millimeter at the top of the water? Maybe, the maybe he's trying to get some dinner. Maybe there's one of those. Maybe he's a pike and one of those ducks that he's going to get. I can cuss the pike. <laughs> I nailed that pike with that rock. Did you see that? Saved a dude. Saved a duck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Here's off topic. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're not looking, anything can mm-hmm. happen, right? Yeah. Somebody throws something off. Look at the guy we talked about about a month, two months ago. Guy's up on the, the cliff getting pissed off or whatever because somebody's paddling down there through a log. Oh, Remember that? Hit, yeah. hit the guy's wife? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it baffles me. People yeah. are idiots. But, like I say, maybe the... the Good old uh, Charles Lopez has an ex-wife. Happened to be <laughs> she threw the a same rock spot. off the cliff at him. If if that's the case, <laughs> good shot. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that, that close. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, if you watch the video, it's right down in front of him, right? Yeah. Like if he had caught a little bit of breeze mm-hmm. and it pushed him just that much farther. Faster. Yeah, would have taken him out. Like yeah, it would have smacked him right on the skull, and he wasn't surviving that. Yeah. So instead of uh, Mr. Lopez's wife taking him out, what? So th- it just brings up a, a memory of something we talked about earlier. It's like so instead of throwing a rock at your ex, what you could do is you could take advantage of the program going on at the Toronto Zoo right now. Oh yes! So the Toronto Zoo has a program for Valentine's Day for I'm I assume a small donation. I would think so. You can name a cockroach. After your ex, so it's those big cockroaches. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah. So, you're not cheap. You're you're splurging on a big cockroach. <laughs> so you can just like you know you you go to a you go to a, a park somewhere and all the all the bricks in the path have somebody's name on them. They're they're dedicated to somebody. So or a park bench in a park somewhere and has it dedicated to John Doe or John, Jane Doe or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what you can do is you can go hmm. I'm going to name a cockroach after my ex. Yep. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Here's a roach. <laughs> and I think they publish it or something. So it's, it's not, I don't know how big or small a thing it is, but they do. They've advertised it. Yeah. Toronto Zoo. Contact the Toronto Zoo. And uh, for Valentine's Day, you can name a cockroach after your uh, favorite ex-loved one. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. so don't throw a rock at them off of a, throw a rock cockroach. of Gibraltar. Throw you can name a cockroach after them. 
Excellent. <laughs> be safe. Excellent. Don't throw logs. Be safe out there, people. Yes. Don't throw logs. Don't throw rocks. Name a cockroach after them. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> quite the uh, close call on that one there. I know. I know. Wow. Cliff Jacobson. Oh, yes. <laughs> so... So when Sean said to me at the start, we're going to talk about Cliff Jacobson, I said, not about tarps and hanging food, I hope. He said, no, 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 we are not. He's got a few myths. If you go to Cliff, cliffcanoe.com, as uh, one of his blog thingies he's got. Cliff Busters. Uh, Cliff Mythbusters. Yeah, Cliff Jacobson talks about canoeing myths. Okay. Now, these are, you know, myths in his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, He says, I was once asked what prompted me to start writing about canoeing and camping. Myths, I replied. I was incensed at the many stupid things that were parroted edition after edition in the canoeing literature. Here are some examples, many of which still survive today in modern books. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, some of these I can see. A couple of them, uh, one of them I've never heard of before, but whatever. Uh, catamaran canoes, as we were talking with, mm-hmm. setting up a sail. The idea is that two canoes are more seaworthy if they are lashed together catamaran style. It is recommended to use green cut poles for strength and flexibility. The poles are lashed to the front of the stern thwarts. Bows about four feet apart. Sterns about six feet apart. What? The uneven spacing is to keep water from piling up between the poles. Hmm. It works well enough in moderate winds, but it is a disaster in a serious sea. Lashings loosen, poles break, and water splashes in. It is a very wet ride unless you have a spray cover. Hmm, never thought of that. But I never would have thought about being at sea in a canoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, these ain't like yeah. big, like even if you were Lake Ontario or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, and you know what? I'm, I'm more leery of you're fighting somebody else in another canoe with steering and stuff like that. Right? Yeah. Like, so if when I think of somebody lashing canoes together, it's like, okay, lunch break. If we get a yeah, long day, yeah. we're going to lash thing. We're going to lash the canoes together and we're just going to have our, an hour lunch break or whatever. Or you're going to lash them together, put a sail up. Or, or if it's, you have a, you're running down the, the Yukon River or something and it's like a long, slow, lazy day. It's a big, wide, slow section. So it's like, eh, why don't we just kind of have a nap and lunch and stuff mm-hmm. like that? We'll tie together. We're not even going to aim the canoes. We're just going to raft up and let float. Go with let the it flow. aim where it wants, right? So, but I, I, I there's in rougher weather. I don't know that I no, would. I wouldn't want to. Now I, the Baird, Jim and, and Ted Baird, when they did one of their northern trips, yeah, they were they lashed the two of them. Did together. they? Yeah, yeah. What but purpose? they had a sail. Up. Did they say what the purpose was? Make it more stable. It's like running a catamaran with a sail. Yeah. So they, did, but yeah. they did put a sail up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quartering waves. Now I do this, but I've never heard it called quartering waves. Mm-hmm. Canoeing texts advise you to quarter waves at roughly 30 degree angle when the bow beats up wind. This shortens the canoe's waterline and allows the boat to fit more easily between the oncoming waves. You get better buoyancy in a drier ride. Cliff says yes, but a canoe on a quartering uh, tack is on the verge of broaching to the wind. It takes a good team to hold the correct angle, especially if the canoe is much has much rocker. 
screw up, and you'll swim. Absolutely. A head-on approach to the waves is a safer plan, more so if partners move closer amidships to lighten the ends. Quartering waves is a good plan for skilled paddlers. Beginners are better off to attack oncoming waves head-on. Yeah, I'll I'll cut waves mm-hmm. at a slight angle. Yeah. Um, that's zero. That's forty-five. Yeah, I'll, I think I go to. I'll probably go to forty-five sometimes, more than the thirty. So I've done this before. I've I've, I've done it with uh, Peter Romaine, Mark Rubino. Done it with Siobhan. and so my my attack is is. Uh, so if I'm trying to get 90 degrees to my right, I'm going to try and get as far as possible upwind. I'll I'll, I'll take the waves head on, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know you you give a really good strong paddle stroke as you're riding the wave, so that the bow person is going to kind of flat the paddle against the surface to lift the nose up to stop it from breaking over, and then the stern guy is going to paddle hard as you hit the wave, so you kind of shoot up over it, you clap over it, and then you, in between you quickly quarter. And run a bit downwind or the direction you're heading. And as soon as the next wave comes, you turn right back into that wave again, nose on. And that, that has always been successful to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so sometimes if the waves are too high, you're going to break water over. Yeah. And then, then it's, <laughs> it's so hard to, uh, to, uh, get water out of the canoe while you're trying to keep going ahead up into the wind and like you're you're one scoop one paddle one scoop one paddle quarter turn in down towards destination it's 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 very tough but sometimes you get yourself into a spot right yeah uh, if if i'm by myself i I tend to quarter ways if i can mm -hmm. if i'm with tracy in big waves i just slam them like head on yeah to make sure she's getting Mm -hmm. a really really rough ride yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like on divorce like right on divorce like yeah bam bam <laughs> so when i was with mark rubino we uh we were on radiant lake and uh we crossed over the lake and did some bushwhacking and checking stuff out and and then we got back and the wind had picked up so we had to go direct west head up into the wind on radiant and we had to we were beating through the waves it was like we were flying it was so windy and the waves are so high and radiant lake tends to be kind of shallow and so we had to paddle up until we hit the tree line and then we turned right hugged the tree line and came back down the other way mm-hmm. we we went probably about six kilometers to get the one kilometer across yeah oh if we what i can't remember what but yeah it was with uh Mikey and Mark Marcus mm-hmm. on a lake, and we had to, yeah, say we're we're back and forth across going down the lake, yeah, just because you had to cut it one way, then cut the other way, yeah. cut the other way, and yeah, you do about six yeah. kilometers to get one. You do what you can to keep the boat upright, yeah, keep the open side up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one here, I fully agree with Cliff on this. I don't know why people say to do this because I've never, I've always thought it was dumb, but you know, I figured it was just me, but apparently it's not. So if Cliff says this is good, then, and I'm agreeing with him, then I'm right. Push off from shore with the grip of your paddle. The plan is to protect the edge of the blade from damage. The blade beats the grip if you push, push off. Why? Because the rough grip will cause blisters, whereas a nicked blade is cosmetic nuisance that can be easily repaired. So even Cliff says, why are you going to use your handle? 
to push off. And I've heard this. People say, flip your paddle over, mm-hmm. put the, the top of your paddle yeah. handle on the ground or the bottom and push off, holding the blade and push off. So that way you're not destroying your blade. Mm-hmm. The amount of times I've hit my blade on rocks and crap while yeah. paddling. And then, yeah, and, that, and I agree with Cliff. If you start cracking up your, your, your handle, you're getting blisters and cuts and nips yeah. and... On your hand, it's because I, I need. I want to keep my hands healthy while I'm paddling. So I'm huh. full on with Cliff on this one. Just use your edgier paddle, the blade. Don't use your handle. Well, no, he actually says push off with the grip. No, no, that's what it says right here. Nope. Push off for sure with the grip. Oh, I no, see, see that's what, what that's what the theme the, the yeah. myth is is to push off with the grip. See, I've never would have thought because I I don't like the grip. I want rough. it nice. I no. want it nice and smooth. No, and, and that's what he's saying. Keep it yeah. smooth. Well, and his his example is he has a three hundred dollar carbon fiber no. paddle. Mm-hmm. So why is he going to ruin the grip? Yeah, right. So he says it's like butter in the hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, the next one: don't stand in a canoe. Baloney. Most experienced canoe paddlers stand for a better look. Yeah, I've done that. when approaching rapids. Canoe polars always stand, even when driving up or snubbing down rapids. Yep. I agree with you on that one, too, Cliff. It depends, though. Like, I would, uh, if if the person is inexperienced, it's like, don't you dare stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you <laughs> if know you what don't doing. know how to stand up in the canoe, don't do yeah. it. Yeah, you, you need to practice it. You don't, need a, you don't know how to do it yet? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll just sit over here. I'll Hang come, on, let me get my GoPro yeah. going first. I'll come back for yeah, you. I'll come back. <laughs> Uh, kneel in your canoe when you paddle rapids. Yes. Whether you sit or kneel depends on the kind of canoe you have, how it's <clears> outfitted, how you prefer to paddle. Generally, you'll have better control, stronger strokes, and more aggressive leans if you kneel in your canoe. Uh, more so if it's outfitted with knee braces and thigh straps. That said... Be aware that many canoes, notably narrow lake cruisers and racers, aren't designed for kneeling. The bows are too narrow to place your knees wide for comfort. Like that's my my, uh, Osprey. Yeah. I can't kneel in that thing. Mm -hmm. Too tight. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, the bows are, are too narrow to place your knees wide for comfortable stance. The low seats will trap your feet. Sit low in these canoes, lock your knees against the side uh, side walls, under the inside gunnels. This is a very stable position in running rough water. And that's exactly what I do Mm -hmm. with my my Osprey. I cross my my feet over, and then my knees fit up under the gunnels. Yeah. And it is a lower seat, Mm -hmm. a sliding seat too, right? Yeah. So, yeah, if, if I kneel in that, I can't fit my feet under the seat. No, and yeah, I've been in canoes before. It's like, even with bare feet, it's like, oh man, like this is too tight to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Even with bare feet, I'm going to get caught, right? Yeah. But I mean, that's always been one of the big paranoid yeah. things with me, even if in my prospector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I kneel and sit on the edge of the seat with yeah. my feet under, mm-hmm. there's there's times like I'm like, okay, I'm just not comfortable doing this because yeah. if I flip, am I going to be able to get my feet out? Exactly. You know, from the, the fear is getting trapped. Yeah. But I find, and that's if I'm somebody's in the boat, when, but mm-hmm. when I'm solo paddling, I move more towards the center. Yeah. So my feet aren't under the, mm-hmm. under the seat. 
Now, I, I say what I say, depending on the design, but in whitewater canoes, there's so much room under the seats that it does give you a measure of control. You have better mm-hmm. control over the craft when your your feet are under the seat, you're, you're in a kneeling position. Yes, they have knee pads, yes, they have thigh straps, but even if you're in a just a Kevlar canoe and if there's enough room, then it does give you more control in rougher water. It lowers your center of gravity, gives you more control. You're able to grip the edge of the seat with, and you're able to control it better and prevent yourself from tipping over, right? Oh, and when you're paddling, you know how you get that lean? Mm-hmm. So it looks like, the, you know, the, the you're paddling, but it looks like the canoe's yeah. about to flip. Yeah, yeah. But you're just going straight in your hole. Yeah, well, you're sitting against when the When you're edge kneeling? Too. yeah. Like that's so easy to get yeah. that, and you're, and it, mm-hmm. and there's less surface, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm agreeing with Cliff on that one too. Yeah. This one I've never heard of. Leave a line out. He says, "I've saved the best for last." When my wife Susie and I canoed in Yellowstone National Park at Ice Out, the ranger who issued our backcountry boat permits told us to trail a 15 foot long rope behind our solo canoes. The theory being that if we upset in icy glacial water, we could grab the line and swim the canoe to shore. Hmm. Uh-huh. I told the ranger this was nonsense. He said he wouldn't issue the permit until I agreed to comply. I promised with two fingers crossed. So I'm sorry, but if I'm falling into glacial water, I could give two rats asses about my boat at that point. I want to get out of that water. But... But, and I've been in the situation where you lose a boat, Do you, if you're out in a remote area, and do you really want it, because I didn't put a rope on, so I, I lost the canoe, and now I have to call in a rescue, if I have a means of calling in a rescue, or I could have just grabbed that leader, that rope, and uh, quickly ran ashore, swam ashore, and saved the boat, saved the day, and paddled again. But it's icy water. If it's icy water, you should have a dry suit on. Should. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm more worried. I'm not. Yeah, I've I've never heard of anybody trailing a line behind mm. a boat. I've never heard of it either. I've never done it. It's the first time until like my. Like, I, I'll tie one on each end, yeah. but they're looped up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if I need to, I, line and they're the canoe easy or to pull. Like I, I've, yeah. I've always, I always make them with a like a loose bungee, so that if I had to pull out the line in a hurry, I could whip it, pull the line out, mm-hmm. and. But I'm thinking I've never thought of this, but in in thinking of it now, it's like man, that that could have that you could if you could save your boat if you're off, say you're on the Nahani. And your boat's floating away. You grab the line, swim ashore. Like, I'm not going to risk my life. If it gets really sketchy, then sure, screw the boat. I'm going to get ashore, save my life, and call in help. But if you can save the boat and save the day. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm mm, I'm not thinking about grabbing that line. I would. Even if it was from the point of or the perspective of... of, uh, your your paddling your paddling team somebody else dumps their boat and you can quickly jump and grab the line and save their boat right but if you're able to paddle fast enough to make it to that line then you're able to paddle fast enough to grab the whole damn canoe mm. right i don't know i guess yeah. I, i've i've never never heard i, I of, never had either but 
Yeah. My my concern with trailing a line is it getting caught on stuff and yeah. be a nuisance. And it's like, nah, I caught another wet. Like, you know, rocks can have a V wedge and you can catch stuff yeah. in it. So every every once in a while. You're shooting like, the rap is yeah. all of a sudden, noink. Like, uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> a line is going to be a floating line. You're not going to have a yeah. sinking line. And uh, you're probably not going to be going in a position where the line will get caught between two uh, V-shaped rocks because you're going to be skirting those anyways. But uh, potentially, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'm going to have to put some more thought into this uh, dragging the line thing because I'd like to know if people actually do that. Yeah, stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to look into this because yeah. uh, that's the first I've heard of it. So like, yeah. just five I did a quick, ago. a quick search of it and didn't yeah. find any reference of people doing mm-hmm. this. So I, I'd be interested in finding out if this is actually a thing, huh? Or I like to hear some, from people. Like, some park ranger being a weenie. <laughs> Maybe. So I told them they got to hang a rope on the back. <laughs> and they did. So those of you listening, if anybody is actually listening to us, I don't know if anybody actually listens. Hi, Mom. <laughs> but, yeah, send us a note if you've if anybody's heard of this, like dragging a line in, in northern areas, cold water, where you... Well, this really, was Yellowstone National Park. Yeah. Oh, that's not that cool. Trail a 15-foot long rope behind foot, yeah it's not very One even a very five. long line by the time you popped the surface and yeah trying to orient yourself you're floating along with your boat uh, so you're both kind of bumping on down the river i don't know i see this this is the thing the theory being if we upset in the icy glacial water we could grab the line and swim the canoe to shore mm-hmm. i'm trying to beat hypothermia well if if the if water's I'm not that wearing, cold, you're going to have a dry suit. You would think you'd have a dry yeah. suit. However, <laughs> it's your first day on Earth, Derek. Maybe. Hey, maybe. Don't turn the UFO off. <laughs> you're gonna, let me give you the tour. <laughs> if, if anybody's in that kind of temperature water, if they're in a situation like that, they're going to have a dry suit on. Yes, yes, they're going to have a dry suit on, Derek. <laughs> first day on Earth. <laughs> Maybe back in you know nineteen eighteen and and some in, the in, 70s, in their woolies the 80s. in their woolies. Well, see, and that doesn't it doesn't say when he did the trip. Yeah, right. So I mean, back in the eighties, you know, well, people aren't necessarily. How old is Cliff? Was, was he, oh, I think uh, him and Keith Richards been. are pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna save the planet so that Keith Richards has a place to live? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so those are those are some myths from uh, from uh, interesting Cliff Jacobson there, and yeah, I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I don't know on. what to think about that leaving a line out thing. I don't know, I don't know, but I'm pretty on board with all of his. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I, the catamaran canoes thing. I yeah. just don't want people near me. Yeah. <laughs> Get away, because if you're going to flip, you're taking me with you. I ain't having that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not having that. Uh, what else we got here? Do we, we got, oh, we, I, oh, I've only got one more thing here. Looking at accessories. Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought, oh, what accessories do I need to get ready to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. to shell out cash for this year? And I came across kayak dashboards. Like right off the bat, I'm thinking, What? So the two, the first two that came up were Wilderness Systems Pungo dashboards mm-hmm. for the Pungos, right? Yeah. So it's a bigger 
um, cockpit and, and whatnot. Um, they have two versions. And this thing just sits in the front. So, you know, you get the rim of, a, of the the front of the cockpit there. Yep, yep. It just sits onto there. That's normally where you put your map case, your compass. or mm-hmm. Easily and securely attaches to the cockpit rim. Removable dry box holds keys, phone, and other small items you want to keep dry. Like a slice of pizza? Yeah. Slide tracks rail for attaching phone holders, fishing rod holders, and other rail-based accessories. Rail-based accessories. Rail-based and based accessories. <laughs> propane and propane <laughs> accessories. <laughs> Damn it, Bobby! <laughs> Two cup holders with drainage holes accommodate popular beverage container sizes. Two customizable mounting platforms for fish finder and rod holder attachment. 20 inches by 18 and a half inches by 4 and a half inches, 2.8 pounds. I'm thinking when I see this, are you kidding? <laughs> but then you're looking at it and you're reading what all the little things are for and you're going, I could see this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> then there's the Wilderness System Kayak Console with Dry Hatch. Secures via a bungee to the cockpit rim. Compatible with Pungo model kayaks. Mesh bag includes a key fob. Easy to attach. 17 inches by 17 and a quarter inches. The Kayak Console features an 8-inch Orbix locking hatch, universal cup holder, mesh pocket, gear tray, that have quickly, quickly made it a favorite among anglers, photographers, and anyone who wants to have access to important items while paddling. Easily accessible dry seal hatch provides a secure compartment for your electronics or water-sensitive gear. Hmm. So this is just like a dashboard on your car right in front of you? Yeah, yeah. Except this is, yeah, that's it right there, the kayak console, both spelled with a K. And that just lays right at, like, mounts right on the front Clips onto the front of the, the kayak cockpit. Yeah. Like, so it's covering the cockpit, right? So yeah. it's like right at belly level sort of thing. So oh, you can be it's paddling. In, it's inside your it's cockpit. It's inside the cockpit. Yeah, right at the top. So you're paddling and your coffee's right there. And your knees you are banging sip. on it. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. But all your stuff is right there. Yeah. Your coffee. Your, and it's a waterproof. Yeah. Interesting. Put your keys into there. Yeah. Everything. So I'm thinking, well. That's just got to be Wilderness Systems, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The Old Town Loon and Sorrento Dashboard. Uh, Dashboard console work deck for Old Town Loons and Sorrentos. Dashboard console is removable and provides storage, a cup holder, a USB charge port, and an accessory track. The accessory track holds multiple attachments, including fishing rod holders, cup holders, camera mounts, this console can be used on Old Town Sorrento models and Loon models. It's the same design if it's right inside your cockpit. Yep. It seems the going price for these are anywhere between about 100 to 200 bucks. This one looks nicer than the previous one. I like the look and design aspect mm-hmm. of this. And you can see the little the switches that help, help it lock into place. Yep. And yep. So I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, come on. Now you're just... And then I'm thinking, oh, well. <laughs> it's got a cup holder. <laughs> got a cup holder. So, you know, when you're out for your morning paddle on the weekend and you mm-hmm. need a place to put your timmies. Yeah. Right? 
Well. Swing through the donut there and grab yourself the extra large double double <laughs> and a couple of donuts. Well, there's two tray, two holders, right? Yeah. One for your coffee, yeah. one for your donuts. You need the energy for paddling that early in the morning. Yeah. I I, I could get on board with this. This looks. Oh, it doesn't have a cup holder though. Is that? Oh, is that the? Uh, no, this oh, is that's a, the that's old town. Yes, is the old town. Yeah. So it doesn't have a cup holder unless that that door that flips up looks like it's where you put your keys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it says it's got a cup holder. It's very shallow. So get a small. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking for something, mm-hmm. just to, you know, up your your paddling game, especially if you got a pongo, <laughs> yeah, yeah. then check out the kayak dashboards. Just Google them; you'll find them. Interesting. Hmm. Not for me. No. <laughs> but it's something that makes you go, hmm. <laughs> I know people that could use one it's of those. It's definitely interesting. You know what? If you're out fishing for the day, like if you if you love taking your pongo out, yep. doing fishing and stuff, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah. Then you know what? You got yourself a, a place for your coffee. You got a place for your keys and a couple extra little things. Yep. You can throw some lures in the front there so you're not trying to dig through a bag all the time or whatever. You know, there's there's always little things just within reach. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not having to open a compartment yeah, or, or something yeah. like that. I, I can see that sort of thing. Cool. But, uh, yeah, these are the things that I find. <laughs> it is um, interesting. Never buy. I'm going to keep my money and buy a sale. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I've, I've wanted to sell for years now. I, I, eventually I might get one. I don't I'm know. I'm going to go right by your house and just wave. Use, use it so, you'd use it so very... Or not very often. So it's just it's one of those things. So it's like, the other thing I've been looking at getting mm-hmm. is one of those under the seat or under the uh, yoke. Um, Outboard motor. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Quick, let Google that. <laughs> no, uh, uh, cases. Oh. Like there, there's the ones. Um, I can't. I want to say gravity. You, it's not gravity. Uh but there's one that'll hang under your seat. Yes, I've so seen them. So you just unzip it, and you can put your camera in there and all that so sort of stuff. So that would be perfect for, the, in the, my head, for fishing lures, like your tackle box, your small backcountry tackle box, your camera, camera or your folded-up yeah, sail. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh-huh. It's out of the way. Yeah. And yeah. so there's, yeah, it's going to take up some room where you want your feet to go, though. Not much. Yeah. I've seen ones that where it's a yoke hang bag. Yeah. And so I, I I like that because it's it's not too often to have stuff underneath my yoke. Usually the packs are sitting high, so they're big enough that they won't slide under the yoke, but they bump up against the yoke, so this bag would not be in the way. That or a thwart bag? Yes. Because if you put bag, it on yeah. the thwart, it's right same deal. Seat. It's right in front of your hands. Right it's right in front, in front your of your face. hands. Yeah. And... If your portaging is hanging behind you or in yeah. front of you, not right on your shoulders. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Keep some of the weight off of you. Keep some of the, you want, still want to keep some emergency stuff like uh, like flint and matches and mm-hmm. tinder and stuff in your packs in case you go ashore, compass, you know, stuff Easy like that. Easy to greet stuff so you're not opening packs and yeah. barrels and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right? So you but can put da- daily stacks. Something like that. Yeah. You, you take one of these round circular sails. Fold it down enough and throw it in there perfect. With, with the stuff. That's a perfect spot, yeah. Especially if you know it's going to be windy that mm-hmm. day, then boom, you just whip it yep. out, throw it up, and when, mm-hmm. you're, done, when you're done, hmm. place it back in there. Hmm. Always thinking. Yeah. Always thinking. <laughs> Beauty. Yeah. 
And uh, that's all I've got. You got anything else? I do not. Really? I got nada. I got nothing. I'm out of gas. Alrighty. Uh, yeah. That's all I got too, man. All right. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can stream or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>